Welcome to Open Your Eyes, a podcast about empowering each of us with the perspective and tools to grow and change. I'm excited you're here with us today. Our mission here at Open Your Eyes is to help all of us open our eyes a bit more to the possibilities and realities all around us. And one of those realities is that you are filled with immense potential. And sometimes seeing things in a new way can unlock that potential. So today, wherever you are as you listen to this podcast, I hope you get a new perspective of how you can think and live better. And as always, please help us by sharing this podcast with a friend. It's likely they could use a little encouragement in their life, and it might be just what they're looking for today. Let's get started. Today, I'd like to talk about the secret to a happy and meaningful life. And what's that secret? Showing up. If you ever find yourself driving down I-70 between Columbus, Ohio and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, like me, you'll be tempted to pull over at exit number 152 in Zanesville, Ohio, right where the road crosses the Muskegon River. Zanesville was named after Ebenezer Zane, who served in the Revolutionary War. And after the war, Colonel Zane petitioned Congress for funds to build a road from Washington, D.C. to Kentucky. Congress approved the funding. Zane built the road through Zanesville, and the rest is history. For being such a small town, Zanesville has had its share of famous people. If you watch ESPN, you're probably familiar with Dan Patrick, the host of The Dan Patrick Show. He's from Zanesville. Actors Ted Ross and Addison Richards. Author Zane Gray and several other actors, screenwriters, and politicians come from Zanesville. Among that list of performers from that small town is Jane Marzeski. Jane was born in 1990. With three brothers and sisters, her childhood was filled with church, music, and family. Her mother was an amateur songwriter, and Jane would often help out, finishing lyrical lines and writing songs of her own. She attended Licking County Christian Academy, and the Academy's mission is to train young people to serve the Lord with all their heart, might, mind, and strength, prepare them to be good and productive citizens, and to show up for others in need and for good. So whether it's for a Saturday cleanup of a nearby youth camp, or to participate in a school play, or for church service and devotionals, there Jane learned how to show up. And when she did show up, good things happened. As a young woman, she sang with her family, her friends, and started to develop a rather unique voice. When she went to college, she chose Liberty University, a private evangelical university in Lynchburg, Virginia. And while a student at Liberty in 2011, she started to perform regularly. There was something about her. Maybe it was her perpetual smile. Maybe it was that voice. But she started to get a following in the local scene. In 2012, she released a three-song recording in which she sang and played the acoustic guitar. And throughout college, she performed and sang and worked on her songwriting. In 2014, she married and moved with her new husband to Nashville in hopes of pursuing her musical career. But as it is for most musicians in Nashville, success definitely wasn't overnight. But as she learned at the Academy, she just kept showing up. She got hired to write music for a documentary film. 
that was a big success. But then, just as that success came along, life gave her a big blow. In 2017, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. She showed up for treatments, prayed, and she was declared cancer-free one year later. Then a big break. She was asked to open for country star Tori Kelly in April of 2019, which she did. But that good fortune was short-lived when her cancer returned and she was given only six months to live. So another year of chemo, treatments, and heartache. But again, in 2020, she was declared cancer-free. And just as that happened, she went through a divorce that wasn't her choice. Here she was, 30 years old, two-time cancer survivor, divorced, trying to survive in the up-and-down life of writing music, trying to keep her faith despite life letting her down every time she seemed to rise. Then, in 2020, the worst news yet. Jane was told her cancer had metastasized to her lungs, spine, and liver. The doctors told her she only had a 2% chance to live. What do you do at times like these? Now, I don't know about you, but I think we all at times seem to be handed bad news and bad luck and bad circumstances just when, in our opinion, things should be turning out and turning up and turning on in our life. But we all, sooner or later, come to find out that life always doesn't work that way. No doubt you or someone you know or someone you love right now is facing one of those unfair and disappointing times in life. What do you do? Well, if that's you or someone close to you, then take a lesson from Jane. She kept showing up. That lesson she learned as a young kid at Licking County Christian Academy all those years ago stuck with her. At this brutal time in her life, Jane said, I'm God's downstairs neighbor banging on the ceiling with a broomstick. I've been on a really hard journey, and a lot of that journey I walked alone or at least in secret. I spent three months propped up against the wall after treatment. I vomited until I was hollow. The bathroom floor became the place where I could sob and doze off, happy to be asleep even with my head on the toilet. But despite all of this, she kept showing up. She said, I show up at God's door every day, sometimes with songs, sometimes with curses, sometimes apologies, gifts, questions, demands. Sometimes I use my key under the mat to let myself in, and other times I sulk outside until he opens the door to me himself. And I fear sometimes that when I die and meet God, that he will say I disappointed him or offended him or failed him. But one thing I know for sure is this. He can never say that he did not know me. She kept showing up. She kept showing up. Finally, in June of 2021, in the midst of all this disappointment, what did Jane do? She showed up by walking onto the biggest stage possible. She took her guitar and tried out for America's Got Talent. When she walked onto the stage, very few people knew her story. When she was done, millions would come to know it. Before she sang that day on America's Got Talent, she said, It's important that everyone knows that I am so much more than the bad things that happened to me. You can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. She showed up. She didn't have much hair, but she showed up. And she didn't have long to live, but she showed up. 
And when she showed up, she inspired a lot of people in the process. The original song she sang was titled, It's Okay, and it became the number one song on iTunes shortly thereafter. She was to move on to sing in the AGT competition, but in August of 2021, before she could, she had to withdraw because she was too weak. Months later, she would pass away from cancer. Her song on YouTube currently has over 4 million views. Before she passed away from cancer, she explained, God isn't a taker. He's a giver. He didn't take away my darkness. He added light. He didn't spare me of thirst. He brought me water. And he doesn't cure my loneliness. He comes near to me instead. She told the audience at AGT that doctors only gave her a 2% chance to live. And she said, 2% is something. It's not zero. And I wish people knew how amazing 2% really is. What did Jane do with her 2%? She took it and she showed up. Now, you and I likely have more than 2%. Some of us have more like 80 or 90%, but seem to have a hard time showing up. And if that's you, then let's talk for a few minutes about what it means to show up and how showing up blesses our life and discuss how we can show up, especially when we don't feel like doing so. Now, there are a lot of ways to show up, but three primary ways can get us started with our thinking. To show up means you show up for others, friends, family, and coworkers. Showing up means you show up for yourself, taking care of your physical and mental health, being kind to yourself, and setting boundaries that bless your life. And showing up means you show up for good, for faith, for God, and seek to serve in your circumstance. You know, I've learned from hard experience in my life that showing up is everything. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do everything. Just show up. If you're building a business, when you're asked to come to a business overview that you've seen a hundred times that won't benefit you in any way, it's easy to find an excuse. But when you show up, good things happen. When the volunteer list goes around at church and you don't feel like it, and you sign up and show up anyway, life's course, life's direction changes for good. Showing up like it did for Jane changes the direction of our life. And in the middle of cancer treatment and following a divorce and a host of other excuses, she showed up and made a difference in the time she had left. So, are you too sore to exercise? Show up. Too entrenched in a habit to do what you know you should? Show up. Too weary to respond to an invitation? Show up. Too stressed to be kind? Show up. Too tired to pray? Show up. And here's the thing. You don't have to remember a bunch of rules or programs or lists. Just remember, show up. Parents who show up for their kids early in life don't have to worry about trying to save their kids when they're older. Spouses who show up for their spouse consistently don't have to worry about it when things get a bit difficult. Team members who show up for their team consistently find their team often shows up for them. When do you show up? Well, you show up for someone who's trying to build a new business, for someone who's struggling, for a friend after the birth of a baby, after the loss of a job, after surgery. Show up for church to volunteer. Show up for those you work with and help them win and for causes you believe in. Show up for family and show up when others experience a loss. You know, a few years ago, at 4.30 in the morning, Andy's wife, Carrie, woke him to say, Whitney quit breathing. 
Whitney was their oldest daughter, and she'd been recovering from tonsil surgery. They quickly called 911, and the ambulance arrived and took her to the hospital. When Andy and Carrie arrived, the ER was buzzing with nurses and doctors, and despite their best efforts, Whitney passed away. They concluded her heart shut down from acute pneumonia due to an E. coli infection. Andy said as they returned home, family, friends, neighbors, colleagues, and coworkers just showed up. Many people stopped whatever they were doing, and they just kept coming. I'm sorry. We love you, they said. The president of the university where Whitney earned her degree called. The surgeon at the hospital, college friends, Whitney's first grade teacher just showed up. At the funeral, 800 people showed up. Friends they hadn't seen in years, ballgame officials, teammates, they just showed up. People came to take care of the sound system, the video, and the chairs, and the food, and everything else. This impressed him so much that Andy would later write a book that he entitled, Just Show Up. You never know who will be blessed. And you may have heard it said that 80% of success is just showing up, and I believe that's true. In a world that's filled with self-promotion and self-preservation and self-centeredness, in a world in which we want co-workers that always value our opinion and weather that suits us and traffic that favors us and a government that takes care of us, showing up has become something we don't see as much as we used to see. And many of us make excuses like, I'm too busy, I have too many commitments, I have to work or I have to take my kids to practice, and on it goes. But. Showing up for others is never easy, but it's always worth it. You know, a few years ago, I had a friend who was president of a university, and I served with him for almost eight years. When he called, I responded. When he needed something from me, I tried to do it the right way. A few years after my service there, I asked him to write a letter in support of something I was undertaking. He never responded. When I followed up, he responded, but he never did what I asked him to. And I was a bit perplexed. I mean, I knew he was busy, but I wasn't some stranger. I was what I thought was a close friend, asking him for a bit of his time. Well, it was a great lesson for me because I had to ask myself, do I do the same thing to other people? Do I not show up for other people? So after that, I made a resolution. I resolved to show up when anyone reaches out. And since then, I've tried to be a person who answers every text or email or personal request. Now, I'm far from perfect, and I probably fail often. But do you know who I've helped by showing up when they ask? I've become a better person by trying to show up for other people. My disposition is different. I feel closer to people. I'm more aware and self-aware in the process. It's been a real blessing to me. And I know some of you listening to this podcast are trying to build your business and accomplish other remarkable things. And if that's you, please consider the power, the effect on your team, the effect on yourself when you show up all the time. You may not think your showing up makes a difference, but it does. Don't underestimate the serendipitous things that come your way when you show up. You know, the great Lou Holtz said, I follow three rules. Do the right thing, do the best you can, and always show people you care. And every time you show up, you show you care. You invest. And it is an investment either in them, in your relationship, or in yourself. So show up. Now let's talk for a minute about showing up for ourselves. 
One great author wrote, sometimes the bravest and most important thing you can do is just show up. And I found this is true. When you have a goal, just show up. When you've decided, show up. If you've got a hunch, received a bit of inspiration, or think it might help, show up. Trust me, when you show up for that new exercise class, once you're there, you'll feel so much better just in the fact that you made the effort to get there. You know, for years, I was part of a running group, and the running group met at 5.30 a.m., and that was early. I had a full-time job and other responsibilities, and there were mornings I didn't want to be there, but I tried to always show up. I tried to make that the only thing I was focused on, just showing up. And one morning, one of the runners was running alongside me, and he said, you know why I come each morning? And I said, no, tell me. He said, because I know you'll show up. I told him, you know why I show up each morning? Because you show up. Just showing up at the gym or on the running path may not sound like a big deal, but each time you show up, it is a tiny victory. And on the tough days, you don't need to think about the workout ahead of you. Just think about showing up. And when you prioritize showing up, you don't get sidetracked by anything else. And remember that once you learn to show up, it becomes a habit. And the same goes for not showing up. Remember, if you hadn't been showing up like you should of late, you can't start over, but you can begin now and make a new ending. And just showing up means you're 80% of the way to a good workout. I mean, think about it. The hard part is getting up and finding yourself to get dressed out in workout gear and dealing with traffic and traveling to the gym. That's 80% of the effort. Now all that's left is to do the workout, and that's the remaining 20%. Showing up is most of the battle. Dwayne The Rock Johnson said, when it comes to hard work and things I'm passionate about, years ago, I stopped saying I have to and started saying I get to. This is a big psychological shift on how you approach each day. I get to show up. I get to train hard. I get to push myself. I get to work hard. It's a privilege. Yes, show up for daily exercise. Now, the same holds true for other worthwhile things in your life. Some of you, like me, need to show up a bit more for church. I know a lot of the time church isn't fun. In fact, it can be boring. But over time, it just has a lasting effect on you. Yes, we all tend to morph to our environment in which we live. And if you're going to morph, morph into a church-going type rather than a non-church-going type. There's just something good about revisiting values and humility and prayer regularly in your life. And if showing up is the first step, showing up ready is the second. Let's say you decide you're going to show up for church. Again, I know sometimes it's boring. Sometimes the person talking isn't the best speaker. But when you show up, show up ready. What does that mean? Well, every time you listen to another person speak, no matter how good or not good they are, you can learn something. But sometimes you have to fill in the empty spaces between the valuable things the person may be saying or not saying. I try to show up at work or church or to a podcast with something to write on. Because if I show up engaged and ready, thoughts will come to my mind. And I can give myself a sermon, so to speak. Impressions come my way, and sometimes impressions just aren't the things I should do to improve, but things about which I may be curious or need to learn. And as these things come to my mind, I think, 
I'd like to learn a bit more about that. And I write down my thoughts and impressions. And this allows me to follow up and learn and grow from the experience. But sometimes we show up at church or work or other things just enduring the time until it is past. There is an amazing wonder in life if you show up ready to listen, to engage, to think, and to contribute. When you show up, you can also show up with the end in mind. For example, are you having lunch with a friend? Well, you can show up and eat and talk, or you can really show up for good. And when you show up for good, you're there to help your friend, to build them up, to encourage them. You have an end in mind, and that end in mind is to make a difference for them. You know, either way, the time will pass. Either way, you're going to eat lunch. And wouldn't it be better if you showed up for that lunch in a way that helps them? You see, this way of living life is showing up for life. You know, if you show up for church, is there someone whose life you can bless? Well, go, attend, listen for inspiration. Think about who you can say hello to and how you can help them. Going to any meeting, including church, is an opportunity to share, smile, help, encourage, and do good in the world. That is showing up for good. Now, showing up means sticking with it, even if things don't go your way. You see, setbacks won't matter when you're dedicated to showing up in life, no matter what happens. Because no matter what, you'll keep pursuing your goal, making changes, and just showing up. And this attitude will enable you to recover from obstacles in your path and move on to the next opportunity. You know, Tony was a Navy brat, and he was born while his father was serving in San Diego, but soon his family moved to Wisconsin, where his dad worked as a construction worker and his mother as a grocery store clerk. Tony loved basketball. His dream was to someday play in college, but he was a bit too slow and a little too short. So when he graduated from high school with the all-time scoring record at Burlington High School, he had a choice pursue basketball, or pursue football where he had a better chance of success. Well, he chose football, and off he went to play at Eastern Illinois University. It was a small school in Charleston. As a freshman, he didn't play a game. And after the year ended, the coach suggested he move from quarterback to tight end. Well, Tony asked for one more year to prove himself. Here he was at a small school, less than his dream, not really in the sport he loved the most. But what did Tony do? He showed up. He showed up every day. He was curious about how to improve, so he threw the ball every day. He did extra drill practices. He threw the football all the time. And the following year, he was the starting quarterback on their Division II championship winning team. Then came the NFL draft. On draft day, his friends and neighbors all gathered at the house in Wisconsin. In the first three rounds of the draft, his name wasn't called. In the fourth round, he wasn't drafted. In the fifth and sixth rounds, not drafted. In the last round, with friends and family gathered, he wasn't drafted in the final and seventh round. Wouldn't that be a bit embarrassing? I mean, what do you do? He had every reason at that point in time to pack things in, to go to graduate school or anything else, right? But not Tony. He signed a temporary contract with the Dallas Cowboys and saw it as an opportunity to show up. Now, you have to understand, pro football teams are filled with the very best players from Division I football and mostly from Power 5 schools like Notre Dame or Alabama. And the chances 
of a quarterback from Eastern Illinois University making an NFL team? Slim to none. The chances of that person starting as a quarterback? Almost impossible. So what did Tony do? He just showed up. For three and a half years, he endured standing on the sidelines, working on his game, and staying after practice with the quarterback coach, throwing hundreds of times a day. Three years into his showing up, he started to get a little attention of the coaches. And halfway through the season, the starting quarterback, Drew Bledsoe, wasn't doing so well, and the coaches put Tony in the game. Here, in his first play of a regular season game, what happened on that play? Well, he threw an interception. Then he threw another. And he lost the first game in disastrous fashion by throwing three interceptions. What did Tony do? He showed up again. And soon he was named the starting quarterback. Everything was good, right? Well, the Cowboys played the Seattle Seahawks in the first round of the playoffs. With one minute left in the game, the Cowboys scored, but they were still one point behind. And they needed to kick an extra point to tie the game. Tony was supposed to catch the snap of the ball and place the ball on the ground for the kicker. But when the ball was snapped, Tony didn't catch the ball cleanly and it slipped out of his hands and Dallas lost the playoff game. They were out of the playoffs because of him. Well, the next year, the Cowboys were in the playoffs again against the Giants. And with only 30 seconds left in the game, Tony threw an interception and the Cowboys lost the game. The next year in the playoffs, they lost badly to the Eagles, and in that game, Tony threw three interceptions. The next year, in the second round of the playoffs, he had three fumbles. They lost. What did Tony do? He kept showing up. Finally, the next year, he had the highest percentage of passes completed compared to all the other quarterbacks in the league. He kept showing up. He broke his ribs, his clavicle, and back. He kept showing up. And the next year, he and his team won the NFC title. But the Cowboys never won a Super Bowl while he was there. And in his last year, he got hurt. And a quarterback named Dak Prescott, who's really good, took his job. What did Tony do? He showed up. He showed up to mentor and help Dak be the best quarterback possible. He didn't sulk away and desert the post. He showed up. Finally, on April 4th, 2017, Tony Romo announced his retirement from football. And in total, how do you judge his career? Well, during his career, he was selected for the Pro Bowl four times. He was the NFC passing leader, passing touchdown leader, and completion percentage leader. He had 46 games in which he passed for more than 300 yards. All of this because he kept showing up. And when he retired, he said this, In the end, you don't remember the stats of your career, but you remember the relationships and how you helped people. I feel like we all have two battles, one with the man across from you and the second with the man inside of you. And once you win with the man inside of you, that's all you need to do. Well, after his retirement from football, he was hired by CBS Sports and has become one of the highest rated game analysts. And CBS currently pays him $17 million a year. Here's my point. What happens when you mess up? Show up. What happens when you lose? Show up the next day. What happens when things don't go as they're supposed to go? Show up. And soon, your showing up will lead you to where you're supposed to be. And here's the thing. 
Being in the right place at the right time is a key to success. And when you show up consistently, you create more chances that you're in the right place when opportunities appear. And whether you're looking for the right job or finding customers for your new business, showing up will help you find what you're looking for. I mean, think about it. How many opportunities will come your way if you don't show up? None. Showing up makes all the difference. That's why they say the world is run by those people who show up. Decisions are made, opportunities are seized, ideas created, and friends made by those who show up. So as we end today, think about this simple principle. In your business, in your life, in your family, each time the chance arises for something good, each time you're asked, each time you're expected, show up. And you always don't have to do great things because showing up really does make the difference. Remember, like Jane, when things aren't going your way, show up. Like Tony, even if you've failed, even if you've made mistakes, show up. Show up for friends and funerals and family and, yeah, church. And when you show up, have an end in mind. Have a purpose. Show up for good, not just to show up. And watch. Your life will begin to take a path of serendipitous good. Because that is what happens to people who show up. Your life, your friends, your faith will show up for you when you show up for life and friends and faith. So show up every day and watch the good that comes your way. Most of all, thanks for tuning in today. And please share this podcast with a friend. Show up for them by sharing this podcast. They need to find a bit of happiness as well. And we'll see you on our next podcast as we seek to open our eyes to who and what we can become.